Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. How's it going, Habs fans? Happy to be back with you once again for another episode of the Canadians Connection Podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is episode 21 of the Canadians Connection Podcast, the Guy Carboneau edition of uh, of this podcast. Wow. And I'm glad to be joined by the Guy Carboneau. It's my Brian Gianta, Mr. Rick Stevens. How's it going, Rick? I'm I'm doing great. Uh, happy to be, uh, love Guy Carboneau as a player. Yeah, uh, love G- Brian Gionta too. Yeah, you know two, what? Two great players, two great leaders. And and it's funny because uh, when you think of two of the greatest, well, okay, let's put three of the greatest defensive players. Uh, Bob Gainey, <laughs> no one like him, but um, Carbono and Doug Jarvis, both yeah. were number number twenty ones. I had considered putting Jarvis in, maybe because of this, but it's it's great that you mentioned him as well, because when I was looking back at some of the great Canadians that have worn number 21, the likes of uh, Doug Jarvis and Christopher Higgins, just outside, and I think Dar- uh, Jarvis was just a little bit ahead of uh, Christopher Higgins. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, um, I have a uh, Canadians t-shirt with number 21 with Higgins on the back. Um, oh, I don't know how I ended up with that, but but I do. That's I mean, I, unfortunately, Higgins, I don't have a number twenty-one Dwight King, but I bet you Claude Julien. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I'd have to imagine that those are somewhere, and that they have to have plenty of those at the Montreal uh, at the Canadian store. Just and just did not sell many of them. Maybe Claude Julien has some of them. Maybe Mark Bergevin has the others, and uh, who knows? Who some poor soul has some. I'd imagine. <laughs> so, so do we uh, have anything to talk about today? That I, I don't know if we do, Rick. I think that this has been a pretty uh, pretty mild week for the Montreal Canadiens. I kid, of course, this has been a remarkable week for the Montreal Canadiens. My goodness. So last week they were playing their Super Bowl matinee Saturday-Sunday games. They lost the first one to New Jersey 3-2 to two in overtime. Bounced back with a 4-3 overtime win over the Edmonton Oilers. Then over the week they beat the Anaheim Ducks. Four to one, and then they beat the Winnipeg Jets five to two, and that's going to be a, a topic of discussion a little bit later on this show. And then to top that all off, this morning when I was thinking that you know what we had already had a jam-packed show, this was going to be a lot to talk about. We had the Winnipeg Jets game, we had the the great players of this week that we're going to get to in just a moment, and then the Montreal Canadiens go and make a deal on this uh, just a, just about an hour ago, an hour or so ago. They traded Byron Fraze and, and David Schlemko to Philadelphia for former Montreal Canadian Dale Weiss and uh, Christian Follin. And, um, I, and initially, I was excited for Dale Weiss, and then I realized that if this had to happen next week, it would fall in episode 22, and I was just a little bit, <laughs> uh, just a little bit annoyed. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, I mean, it goes to show you, preparing for a podcast, for the podcast, I mean, it, it, it's of no use, right? Because uh, all yeah. the notes are tossed <laughs> out, and now we have, um, we're on the air, right when breaking news is happening, Dale Weiss, as if it wasn't, as if the city wasn't, um, you know, in a frenzy already, after the impressive win against the Winnipeg Jets, who certainly have to be con- considered a Stanley Cup contender, or rather a convincing win. So the, yeah. there was, uh, you know, a lot of excitement that was drummed up. Um, and, and um, you know, both fans and, and uh, columnists jumping back on the bandwagon. And then <laughs> such a fan favorite like Dale Weiss comes back to the old and then, um, you know, uh, just ahead of a original six um, Maple Leafs versus the Canadians at the Bell Center tonight on Hockey Day. Happy Hockey Day in Canada, uh, by yeah. the way, to you, Joe, uh, and to Thank all of you. our listeners. To you uh, as well, what a day. And, yeah. What a day. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than this. Habs Leafs on a Saturday night, Hockey Day in Canada. I just actually – just moments ago, when I was when I was just uh, just getting prepared for this podcast, I realized that it was Hockey Day in Canada. So a joyous occasion, and I and I wish a happy Hockey Day in Canada to all of our listeners and to you as well. So um, with that in mind, shall we get started with a, with some well, winners we and get losers? Busy here. We better get started, yeah. <laughs> and now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. All right, so. This week was a a very uh, interesting one to pick a winner because there were a lot of candidates. But Rick, we've narrowed it down for uh, for to two players for our winners this week. So will I get started? Um, go ahead. All right. Well, Yol Armia. <laughs> Quite frankly, I mean, he has been since returning from injury, and and we were having a conversation about that line in particular. And you're gonna be talking about a, another member of that line in just a moment but we were talking about that line and saying how since he returned from injury Yol Armia has probably been one of the most consistently good forwards for the Montreal Canadiens and I couldn't agree more this guy has been fantastic he it's something it, it's just ridiculous to me that when you play against the Winnipeg Jets and you're playing against Dustin Bufflin, Blake Wheeler, and Mark Shifley, the most dominant player on that ice against the Winnipeg Jets was Yoel Armia. He was stiff-arming guys. He was just telling people to get off him. I think he did it to Patrick Laine at least three or four times. He was all over that ice against the Winnipeg Jets, a clearly motivated player against his former team, by the way, which, which is another uh, narrative to toss in there. But even still... That line, and he has been such a major part of it, and I want to get Archery Lekkinen in on this as well because those guys have been doing fantastic work behind the net, been cycling the puck so well, relentless forechecking, and, and I, I, I don't want to, uh, to spoil who you've chosen, so I'll just kind of leave him uh, out by uh, <laughs> uh, just because. But, like, you, you know, those two guys have been doing such great work and and freeing up a lot of space and just and just and on top of that when you look at Yoel Armia I think this entire season he's probably been one of Montreal's best players both sides of the puck 
And I think a lot of fans are now try, are realizing, I know that there was frustration earlier this season when he would be on the receiving ends of a lot of passes from your winner of the week and he wouldn't bury them. But I think fans are starting to realize what Yol Armia is and the kinds of things that he can provide that many guys on this Canadians team can't do. And one of, one of those things is killing penalties. Another one of those things is getting in on the four checks. He's, the biggest body that they have up front and he was throwing guys around against the Winnipeg Jets. And that's not an easy thing to do against a team like the Winnipeg Jets that are built the way that they are with guys like, like I mentioned with Wheeler, Bufflin and, and Shifley, those are big bodies. And Yol Armia, he was a dominant force and, and simply put, he was a beast against the Winnipeg Jets. That's right. And, and uh, you mentioned it, the, the uh, matchup, uh, the battle between him and Patrick Lina was was amazing to watch. Yeah, um, Armina, uh, he just he just wins puck battles. That's yeah, that's what he excels at. That's what he enjoys. Um, he 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 can be dominant. He uses his size very well. He protects the puck extremely well. He retrieves the puck um, uh, very well, and with you mentioned uh, Arturi Lekkanen. Uh, the, you know, with the two of them together, um, Arturi Lekkanen is just the Canadians' king of possession. Um, yeah. When when you look at the stats, there's no one who's better than um, than as a possession player than than Lekkanen. Um, both of them, both Armia, both Lekkanen, create scoring chances. Um, they, they create space, um, Armia, you know, will barge into any, uh, anywhere. And, and it's just, um, it's just really fun to watch. And, and you, you, you know, yes, um, Armia came from the Winnipeg organization. So prior to that Buffalo, uh, so he was, um, uh, primed to, to, to play them, uh, again for the first time, play them for the first time on, on Thursday, uh, but uh, it would be a mistake to think that, that that's the only thing that motivates oh, him yeah. because clearly he's been uh, dominant since he's returned from his injury. He's been great all around. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, the, the one thing that I would say is, I mean, and we were talking about this during the Anaheim game, especially for that game in particular where you didn't have Paul Byron and Tomas Tatar, but, the one thing that you're watching, you're watching this line and they've been so dominant. They've been so good together. And it's like, you want to see more of them, but is that maybe what makes them effective is that you don't see them overextended into a, you know, a lo- a longer period of time on the ice. I mean, maybe that isn't very, that that's not true of Armia and Lekkanen, but perhaps as you get going on your winner of the week, we'll dive into that conversation a little bit more. <laughs> Well, uh, that's uh, a lead-in, I guess, to um, yeah. for me to name. Uh, <laughs> yes, Barry Kotkaniemi uh, as 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 my winner of the week. Um, there was two um, uh, marks milestones in in Canadians history this week. Um, one yeah. went went uh, kind of one went completely under the radar. Uh, Carey Price is is rewriting history uh this season um he he is now seven uh, has a seven uh, um o and o uh streak going 
and he's the fourth goalie in the Canadians' history to have seven wins in a row five times. He's done that wow. five times in his career, have seven wins in a row. And the names that, that he joins there are Jacques Plante, Ken Dryden, and Bunny LaRock, um, all who were with uh, <laughs> exceedingly better teams. Uh, but also, <laughs> Kakanyemi is in that, that um, yeah. uh, discussion, and, and, and perhaps more so, as he became um, the first player in uh, Canadians franchise history, the first 18 year old to have uh, goals in four consecutive games. Um, that's just, that's, that's remarkable. And, and um, not only in Canadians history, uh, the first in Canadians history, but uh, fifth, uh, the fifth skater to ever do that in NHL history. Uh, so he has his name now alongside of, of Sean Monaghan, Jordan Stahl, Sidney Crosby, and Ilya Kovalchuk. Uh, not bad company. No. <laughs> um, so uh, 10 goals on the season now for Kotkaniemi. Uh, projecting it out, he's on pace for a 39, 40-point season. Um, and that would be the same if, if that's what he ends up 39 points would be the same as Mario Tremblay did as an 18 year old, uh, way back in 1975 when he was, uh, on a line with Yvonne Lambert and, and, uh, Doug Risebrow. Um, so this is, this is turning into a kind of a nice story and, and his, um, his uh, on ice time is is uh, being increased. His responsibilities are being increased. His contributions to the power play are pretty obvious. He's yeah. he's the shot. He's the shot from the slot that they've been they've been missing, uh, and he's been he's been uh, uh, quite uh, uh, quite a threat. Um, and uh, and the Canadians' power play has looked not too bad the the last couple no. of games. No. And the thing that was really, uh, <laughs> I mean, before the Montreal Canadiens, and you mentioned that they didn't have that shot on that right side to kind of make the team a little bit more concerned about things other than Shea Weber, but they weren't even really threatening before. And now that you see him on the power play, I mean, he's a guy that can handle the puck a little bit. And, and more importantly, you're not seeing – Jonathan Drouin on the left side of the ice just circle around and around until he sees something that that becomes available. Now you have a guy that is on the ice and he seems is it fair to say that he's a calming presence at the age of 18? Uh, certainly the the um he he's showing confidence um you know, which uh, and and nothing nothing is rattling him. None of these new experiences, none of the new responsibilities are rattling him. So, yeah, uh, I I you know I think that's that's fair to say. Yeah, it's it's incredible that we're watching this 18 year old. And I was completely until I just I was preparing for the show that that he was you know the the first Canadian the 18 year old player in Canadian history to score three straight games. How is that? How is that possible in all in all the history of the Montreal Canadiens? But even still, it's it's remarkable. It speaks to how well he's performed. And you know, if you're the Montreal Canadiens, you can't help but be excited about this because you know he hasn't really hit that rookie wall. Because before, even though he wasn't putting up the points, 
he was he was still all over the ice and he was creating and generating chances. They just weren't going his way. Now you're seeing four straight games of him scoring goals and 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 doing it in a way that I mean on that right side as you mentioned at that at that one time shot that that the Montreal Canadiens have lacked on the power play. So it's it's very exciting. It's 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 very genuinely exciting for uh, for Montreal Canadiens fans. And his his um, kind of natural uh, tendency is to be a, a playmaker, but he's yeah. been encouraged to use his shot. He's been encouraged to trust his shot, and he's doing just that. And and the dividends are paying being are paying off. So back before we get to our losers of the week, do, do you think that we should see more of Armia Kotkaniemi and Lekkinen? Uh, is that do you think that maybe the role that they're in, the time that they're getting, is better suited to them? So you don't really want to put them in a position beyond what you're seeing them in right now? Well, it's a good question. I, I think that yeah. that has to be weighed against what um, what they're returning. And, and absolutely, they, they are uh, a, a, a dominant trio, uh, the most consistent uh, trio for the, the Canadians right now. Um, however, they are taking advantage of playing against, they, they, they clearly are playing above most other teams, third lines. Um, and, uh, they're getting, um, um, more than their fair share of offensive zone starts. So that helps too. Um, now, uh, you know, if, if you increase their ice time and, and, and reduce somebody else's, uh, are they going to start having tougher matchups for sure? Are they going to have tougher mm-hmm. matchups anyway in the playoffs? Uh, yeah. Um, and we've seen that, that, um, you know, as, as you, you mentioned, Armia against, uh, 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 one of the Canadians, uh, one of the, the league's, um, best snipers in Patrick Lina, um, <laughs> th- th- he didn't do too bad at all. So, yeah. um, so I think there's, I, I don't think it's a clear answer is what, what I'm trying to say. I, yeah. Um, I think uh, that will be adjusted game to game, but, but they certainly have earned uh, uh, more responsibility and more ice time. Yeah, I think so as well. So I guess we'll move on with the, uh, with the losers of the week because, you know, it wasn't all positive. There was some, there's some things to be taken away. I mean, as always, there's not, there's not everything is always going your way, even in a week that like this one where the Montreal Canadiens won three out of four, there's still some concerns and one of them that has kind of been present all season. And I know that you mentioned this, uh, you've tweeted this during the Anaheim game. And that's the specific example that I'm going to go with here for, for this, uh, for this loser of the week, which is kind of the fourth line as a whole. And, and anybody that's really played on that for any extended period of time this season, because we saw them get caught on the ice against Ryan Getzlaff and company. And, and I mean, this has been the story basically this whole season where you see out against where they're just completely overmatched by somebody. And, you know, I understand why that would happen. But at the same time, if you're looking at going anywhere further than, you know, going to the playoffs and, and advancing potentially, you're going to need to have a fourth line that's a little bit more capable of, at least in your own zone, being a little bit more organized than this fourth line has been for the Montreal Canadiens. It was, it was interesting and reported by Arpen Basu, the, the out of the blue comments by Claude Julien on the fourth line. And, and I mean, he's, he's tried all kinds of combinations uh, there. Um, 
uh, he's been kind of settled on the the Agostino Chapu Delorier uh, version uh, with Houdon Peckett yeah. sometimes coming in. Um, but uh, I'm just going to read a couple of quotes by Julian. He, he said uh, this this past week, at the end of the day, we're looking at, I guess, different views of a fourth line, because when the trade deadline comes around, we've got to be more or less satisfied with what we have and what we want to go with. So we're looking at different options. And then he said, mm-hmm. we just need better performance from our fourth line. It's not just the center position. It's all three guys have to be better. The way yeah. they're getting scored on for a fourth line, it has to be better. So they're not. Um, when was the last time that Michael Chaput scored an NHL goal? Well, it was way back in in 2016, 17 season. Yeah. Um, you know, where they're, you're not getting any kind of offensive contribution and they're being dominated possession wise. They're being dominated uh, goal scoring. And, and, you know, this is something that, that uh, bothered us uh, right from the beginning of the season. You have career AHLers, career AHLers on that fourth line, whether it's Chapu, whether it's Agostino, whether it's Delorier, whether it's Pekka, all four of those guys are career AHLers, and it's showing. Houdon, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, uh, you, you know, he, I wouldn't put him in the same category, uh, but he hasn't uh, had chemistry when, when, when he's been placed on the fourth line. Um, so, uh, you know, yes, there has to, there, there, there needs to be an upgrade there. Um, yeah. And uh, so I guess it's not a surprise to see someone like Dale Weiss uh, being brought back. Uh, you know, right now he's, he's assigned to Laval, uh, mm-hmm. but with Carl Alsner going on waivers, uh, you, you, I mean, it, it probably isn't going to be too long before we'll see Weiss. And uh, Weiss is, in addition to being a, a fan favorite, I mean, just an entertainer, a beloved kind of player. Um, yeah. Weiss is, is a Claude Julian kind of player. And, yeah. um, I, you know, I, I, I've, I watched uh, Weiss in, in um, when I was doing my little scouting trip uh, uh, in the preseason, <laughs> I saw him a couple of games in Philadelphia. Uh, I've seen him since um, he's, you know, he can still skate. Um, he, he still, uh, four checks hard. Um, maybe he's going to give you some, some, um, uh, oh, well, he's certainly going to give you size and grit and, and that four checking ability. Um, yeah. do they want to use him on the, on the, the PK? I don't know, but, but certainly he's going to, um, I think be a, a, a bit of a, uh, an upgrade. Uh, if, if not, maybe, maybe not a, an everyday player, but, but, uh, uh, certainly is going to, uh, help, um, for the fourth line that the only caveat I'll add in there is that, um, he's a, he's a pretty expensive option for your yeah. fourth line <laughs> at $2.4 million. And, and I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, um, that, that, uh, uh, the, <laughs> the Bergevin cheerleaders on Twitter are already saying, uh, listen, it's, it's a wash. It's, it's, uh, Schlemko going out, his salary 2.1 million versus, versus, uh, Weiss coming in. But that's like yeah. saying, okay, we've got a crater in our front yard. 
let's dig up all the dirt in the backyard and fill it. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> but we still have a hole in the backyard. Um, it's it's uh, Bergevin is fixing one of his his big mistakes with with Schlemko, and I still I don't forget you people out there that told me that Schlemko was going to be the perfect top pairing defenseman <laughs> with Shea Weber. Um, uh, and of course he's been toiling very unhappily, very unhappily, uh, down in, uh, in Laval. Yeah. So it was an interesting day for the Montreal Canadians getting back Dale Weiss. And then, as you say, I think that that might be a guy that you see on this fourth line and, and maybe fixes some of, some of the, uh, the problems that we've been seeing there throughout this season. So it'll be interesting to see if he can uh, contribute more than, some of those guys have, as, as you say, some of those career AHLers. Uh, so and let's just guess, say, let's just say, yeah. um, um, Weiss, uh, he was contacted by, by Eric Ingalls and, um, Dale Weiss is thrilled to be back. Uh, the yeah. quotes that, that, uh, that he delivered, I won't read them all, but, uh, mm-hmm. he talks about it being surreal. He talks about, um, when he was tr- that 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 first of all when he got traded to Montreal his dream came true of course he grew up as a as a Habs fan that that story is well known um, yeah. but he said that that when he was traded away he hasn't felt like the same player um, yeah since since he left Montreal and and uh, um, that Montreal is where he's always wanted to be. Um, and um, he's watched some games. He he realizes that uh, you know it's a different team from when he left. They play fast, um, but he's just uh, quite excited to be back and and contribute. Um, yeah. Schlemko, <laughs> Schlemko. The quote from him was, um, a "Byron, Byron phrase that is, Byron and I and I are going back to Montreal by car, pack our lives, and leave." That's hockey. It's a business. Um, yeah. So he's he has a bit. Uh, I mean, uh, he's he'll be um, uh, uh, a depth defenseman for for the uh, for the Flyers, and uh, I think I think Byron Fraze will be a great for the Phantoms. Um, he will be. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. But but Dale Weiss certainly sounds very excited uh, to be back with the Canadians organization. Yeah, and that's it's great to have him back. And as you say, Byron Fraze, uh, Raphael Doucette from uh, 91.9, he tweeted out his quote, and, and Amy, our own Amy Johnson, commented on it as well, saying that uh, early well after she said that uh, he, she thought as well that Byron Fraze was going to be really helpful for the uh, Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Also, commenting on the, the, uh, the quote that Raphael posted out that said that, that uh, Byron phrase is, uh, you know, he was caught off guard a little bit and that, you know, he, he wore that C in, in Laval with pride. And, 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 you know, I think that he is, uh, he's going to be a very good player for the, uh, the high Valley Phantoms. So respect to him as well. And obviously with uh, Dale Weeks coming back the other way, a lot of fans are excited, but it's, it's easy to, to forget that there's another person that's moving out that, enjoyed his time in Montreal and with the Laval Rockets. So. And let's, uh, yeah. let's remember that, that Byron Fraze was the first captain ever of yeah. the Laval Rocket. He, he didn't, um, he was named captain last year. And then a couple of days later was recalled to Montreal, spent his whole 
season in Montreal, but this season um, has spent, uh, you know, every game down in in Laval and has been a a very good captain for them. Uh, Not lost in in all of this, or at least not lost to us, is uh, pretty significant in the fact that that, uh, Carl Alsner was, uh, again, put on waivers. Um, We'll see if that is, uh, it's not clear to me whether that's waivers leading to termination uh, of contract, um, but uh, we'll we'll see how that uh, plays out, and if that's the way that the Canadians choose uh, to make room for um, uh, to make room for uh, uh, Dale Weiss coming back up. We we also note that Andrew Shaw will be in the lineup tonight for the first time yeah. since uh, New Year's Eve. And of course, Paul Byron uh, still on the shelf, but uh, probably uh, not not too too far away. Yeah, it'll be good to have all those guys back in the lineup, and and uh, hopefully get uh, Dale Weiss up there, get a nice fan favorite back in the lineup as well. Uh, so uh, with all that said, I guess we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to discuss a little bit of of how Montreal should proceed after that win over the Winnipeg Jets. What are they What are they going to do? Are they going to rebuild, continue the path that they're on? Or are they going to gear up for a playoff run? So when we come back, we're going to discuss that. So stick around and we'll be right back. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, We want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, Visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, Drink and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at AllHabs.net the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. AllHabs.net And we're back here on the Canadians Connection Podcast. We were talking about our winners and losers earlier this segment, and or earlier this show, sorry, and... Um, we were talking about Yol Armia, his game against the Winnipeg Jets, and, and we mentioned off the top of the show the 5-2 victory, a convincing victory over 
a team that's regarded as being a Stanley Cup contender for this year. And, and you know, justifiably so when you look at their roster. And the Montreal Canadiens went out. And other than the Winnipeg Jets scoring the first goal of the game, really from puck drop, they were all over the Winnipeg Jets. And I, I understand why perhaps, and we're going to get to, we have the question of the week. We threw it out there after after looking at that game. So following Montreal's impressive win over the Jets, should the Habs now be considered contenders? So we're going to get to your responses a little bit later on this show. Kind of going to give get give our thoughts on that. Before we get there, though, Rick, do you want to, we want to hear from our listeners. You want to tell them where they can reach us? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, you can call us. You can call the show live while we're on the air. Uh, remember that this show's live at 1 o'clock every Saturday, uh, 1 o'clock yeah. Eastern uh, till 2. So you call us anytime during the show at 213-943-3754. That's the studio number, 213-943-3754. If you're listening to us on demand, and we love our demand on-demand uh, listeners, you can text us. You can text us anytime, day or night, 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. Uh, an easy number for you to reach us. And answer our, our question of the week, um, and that is, are the, the Canadians contenders? Or do you still yeah. consider that this is a, a rebuilding uh, a phase? And, and uh, call us, text us, or reach us on social media, on Twitter, on uh, Facebook. Uh, you're, you're welcome to answer our question of the week. And it all comes from that, that Winnipeg game. And why, why was that Winnipeg game such a, uh, an eye opener for some. I, I think it was. I, I think it was the way that that the game was played. As you said, dominated yeah. start to finish. Um, Canadians shots on goal. Fifty three shots against the Winnipeg Jets. Connor Hellebuck yeah. was uh, even in giving up five goals was uh, was brilliant. Um, 50, 53-34 were the shots. Um, the the Canadians first line. Uh, had 10 points on the night. Um, we talked about Jesperi Kakanyemi, his fourth consecutive game um, that he scored. Uh, yeah. Canadians got a power play goal. Um, yeah. <laughs> the um, uh, Shea Weber and Victor Mata were a compi- combined plus eight. Um, yeah. The wow. uh, Joel Armia was, was dominant. Um, uh, that Finn line played exceptionally well. Uh, Carey Price was uh, was solid against uh, the Jets, who are, are 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 a threat to score from any line. Um, yeah. So there was there was a lot to be lot to like and a lot to to um, you know really get fans um, charged about. And afterwards, uh, not only fans but we saw media saying. Oh my God! The Canadians just beat um, a, a Stanley Cup contender. Are they contenders too? And that's what we want your uh, answer to. Um, it, and it was funny when they went through the, the dressing room. Um, they asked uh, Jonathan Drouin, "So, uh, is this a statement game? Is this make you a contender?" Absolutely, absolutely," said Drouin. Um, and then they meandered over to Shea Weber's stall, and he said, was this a statement game? And he said, no, of course not. Uh, this was one game. Uh, yeah. It was a big challenge. They, they, they passed that test. 
Uh, but he reminded everybody there's also a big test on Saturday night, and that's against uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, not only a, a, a rival, but, but one of the best teams in the East. Um, mm-hmm. And then you look at uh, uh, what's coming up next week, um, another great team in the, in the West in Nashville and another great team in the East in Tampa. So um, he kind of tamped all that, that excitement down. Uh, and then they talked about, talked to uh, Claude Julian and, and um, you know, I think it was Stu Cowan that said, is, is this a, is this a, a team of destiny? Is this a, a um, 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 a season that's filled with miracles and, and he said no uh, we're just kind of <laughs> grinding through this one one you know game at a time sort of thing um, yeah. and then somebody else said well what about Jonathan Drouin you know he uh, he was great uh, tonight against uh, Winnipeg is it some kind of indication that well he may not show up for a lot of games but, but he really shows up for the big games and Claude Julien said, okay, now you're reaching. And I'm paraphrasing. Now you're reaching. You're trying to connect dots that aren't there. Go out and write whatever story you want to write. But but he was good, but it's because he played well, uh, not yeah. because of any other sort of thing. So, um, you know, I, I think Shea Weber said uh, as well, um, talk about the other teams. We don't want to be talked about. Don't, don't talk about us. Yeah. Um, we just want to go about our business and, and play our games and, and, and win and focus and work hard. Um, mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't, don't call us a favorite. Don't call us a contender. Um, yeah. But yet that, that, that there, there's a lot of heat around that. You had Brendan Kelly in, in the Gazette and we know, we know what Brendan Kelly um, has has written um, all season and last season. Uh, Brandon Kelly said he's jumping back on the bandwagon. Um, oh. It's it's so there's that question: Are they contenders yeah. or is this just a rebuilding phase? And and I should say that um, kind of tempering it also was. I thought it was interesting the 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 Jets uh, when the, the Jets were interviewed and Paul Maurice said, you know, all due respect to the Canadians, but this was our worst, one of our worst games. We had a season yeah. full of turnovers. Uh, um, he said the, his quote, which I love, the coaches were no good. The players were no good. The food was no good. Let's just hope the plane works, uh, which I think was, was uh, hilarious. And Brendan Lemieux, yeah who obviously has a connection through uh, to Montreal through dad, Claude uh, said um, it sucks. We had an off night. We just have to move on, not to take anything away from the Canadians. They have a good team, but I think tonight was about us. We weren't clean. We yeah. weren't crisp. We were off. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, fans are going to be on all sides of this. Where, where, where do you, where do you come in on this? contender or is this part of the rebuild well when i looked when i was looking ahead at this portion of the schedule of this four game stretch where the montreal Canadiens are playing the top teams in uh and uh, they play winnipeg and, and nashville two top teams then they play toronto tampa bay two top teams within their own division and so when i looked at that i cited the winnipeg jets you're just gonna have to take my word on this i didn't mention this on the podcast or anything but I thought that this was 
their most winnable game just because I didn't I didn't know exactly because I don't think they match up well against the Tampa Bay Lightning not that many teams do Nashville that would bring its own sort of problems I mean I think that they would they could compete with Nashville but tonight's going to be the real test this is going to be what you do against not only a team within your own conference, but a team within your own division and a team that if the playoffs started today, you would be playing in the first round. This is the game that you go off of. Winnipeg has been Winnipeg for this, this whole season. They've been having a phenomenal season. And you know what? They had a bad game. And as Paul Marie said, they had so many turnovers. You, you pointed out the great quote that he, uh, he's, always good for a, he's always good for a great quote like that, after, especially after a loss. But uh, uh, that's neither here nor there. I think that this is, while exciting, and uh, I think that I, I fall on the more optimistic side than, you know, maybe that this is a, a mirage and that we're just kind of seeing the Montreal Canadiens riding high after winning two games that they should have won against the Edmonton Oilers and Anaheim Ducks. I think that the Montreal Canadiens are a good team. I don't, I, I don't think that they're contenders. I think that they have pieces to contend and that we've talked about those pieces very often, one of which you just mentioned, which is that Shea Weber is in the lineup now. And Shea Weber just brings that workmanlike approach where you're not going to get him to say anything that anything scandalous or anything that can be put in, you know, any sort of article. He is going to come to work he's going to play hockey and that is a great leader for this team because last year you didn't really have that and now that you have him and Carey Price you're in you can be in a part of a conversation if you get to the playoffs and Carey Price gets hot you get a, a good few weeks of Carey Price the way that we've seen him play this season since basically since Shea Weber's return if you get that Carey Price in the playoffs then I think the Montreal Canadiens can be a part of the conversation but I don't think that they're going to be uh be in that position because I, I, I just don't think, and, and we're going to get a better idea of this tonight against the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I don't know if they still have, I don't know if they have that firepower that you're going to need because even still, the last time that we saw the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs was against the New York Rangers. And in that series, they struggled to score a little bit. And I don't know if you're going to be able to keep pace with a team like the Leafs. That That's just, to me, I don't know if they can do that, but considered when you look at the way that that game went you mentioned the top line this is and I've been critical of Jonathan Drouin this season we both have and I will be critical of him again I'm sure this is the best that he's looked it's not to say that I'm I'm you know I know that people will point to Mikhail Surichev being a scratch in Tampa Bay that's you know that's that's their issue not our not the Montreal Canadiens the Montreal Canadiens don't really have much of a defensive core they could really use that player but regardless this is the best that he's looked Brendan Gallagher has been great Philippe Deneau has been great the finish line has been great Max Domi kind of not really where he was earlier this season but that you can afford that if other guys are stepping up this is a I think this is a playoff team I think I'm on board with this idea and you know I think that going out and acquiring maybe a guy like Dale Weiss to solidify that fourth line you don't want to go out and, and you know, uh, mortgage your future for, for a team that I don't think is good enough to win right now. But I think they're good enough to make the playoffs. And if you make the playoffs, you're in the conversation. So um, I, I think the mistake that some make, you know, beating uh, the Winnipeg Jets and the way they did it was impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but to be a contender, you have to do that four times in seven yeah. games. <laughs> you, one win isn't enough in a series. You yeah. have to do it four times in seven games. And do you think, um, based on what we saw on Thursday night, that the Canadians can beat the Winnipeg Jets four times? I don't know. That's that's yeah. that's a question that um, I, do, do the do the Jets play four bad games? I I don't know. Um, yeah. But I understand. Um, you know, I understand the seduction of it. I guess is mm-hmm. is 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 the way that <laughs> that you'd put it. Um, uh, the, I I guess you know there's there's some out there that think that that this is that. Uh, rebuilding or retooling or, or rejigging or whatever it is, whatever term you want to use um, is, is a switch that, that, okay. Uh, you flip the switch. Okay. We're rebuilding now and yeah. we're not going to, uh, to we're not going to trade any of our prospects. We're not going to trade any. We're just, we're rebuilding. And then, uh, okay. Uh, we're done rebuilding now. And, um, <laughs> and now, we're, now we can focus on continuing that way uh, because um, parts of your team mature at different times and and you you have to you have to a GM has to calculate um, when that time is and and I know we heard uh, Mark Bergevin a month ago saying that um, he wasn't going to trade any of the, the prospects that appeared in the in the world juniors wasn't going to trade his first round pick, but, but is it fair to say things have changed uh, since then, or at least the trajectory of the, the Montreal Canadiens has changed since then. And could his thinking coming up to the trade line, uh, trade deadline also have changed? Is, is that fair? You know, so, I fear. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I fear that it might come to that because I think that, and we're going to see more of it, uh, you know, because they still have time for, you know, and, and, and I would say, if they beat, uh, if they beat Toronto, they beat Nashville, they beat Tampa, can we have the conversation about them being contenders? <laughs> is it a little bit more fair? You win four out of the four. I don't know how likely that is, but uh, just, uh, just kind of a, a counterpoint there, but you know, they have time, but depending on how they fare over these next three games, I think you might, see a change in trajectory. I think you might see a change in, in, in the way that Bergevin is going to approach this deadline. I mean, depending on how they perform, depending on how the results, how they, if they will lose, you might see a different result come trade deadline day compared to, if you know, if, compared to maybe what would have been the plan a month ago. Yeah, it's, it's tough to say. And I, I really would rather not have to do that. I, I would be fine. Like, uh, I would be of, I'd be fine trading away draft picks. I think the Montreal Canadiens, I mean, they drafted 11 players last year. I think you can mortgage some of that part of your future, but the things that we know and the things that we saw at the World Juniors, it'd be a little bit tougher to part with some of those guys for a potential rental. Maybe if it's for a guy that you have beyond this year, that that could work. I know you've mentioned Shane Gosper off. I don't remember if that was on the podcast or if we were talking about that off the air, but I know that you mentioned him as a potential guy that had, would have term that you could have and, and would fit in well with Shea Weber. Maybe that's the trade that makes sense, or you know, I'm not sure if that's just going to happen. 
But, you know, maybe that's the kind of trade that would make sense. But at the same time, it would be hard to part with some of these things that some of these guys that look so well, that look so good at the World Juniors. So, yeah, it's tough to say. <laughs> so I, I guess um, what, what's, what's needed for a long playoff run? What, what um, I, I, I found it, found it amusing. Let's see if I can <laughs> find this, this tweet this, this week that it's, yeah, Corey Todd, Corey Todd, boo. Um, sorry, Corey. Uh, some are saying the Montreal Canadiens are one piece away from being a uh, force in the play. Well, it's it's more than one piece away. So let's look at what's what uh, the Canadians there the the holes in the lineup that that um, um, would have to be filled for a long playoff run. A long playoff run. Fourth line, uh, as we spoke about in the first segment needs a big upgrade, big upgrade. Yeah. And, and uh, Dale Weiss would only be, be part of that. Um, yeah. Backup goaltending. Uh, Niemi has been terrible. We all love, and I know that everybody has a soft spot in their heart for anti Niemi. Anti Niemi has been one of the worst goaltenders in the national hockey league statistically this season. Um, yeah. Let's, let's just be honest with that. Uh, can that be solved internally? Yeah, possibly with Charlie Lindgren. Um, yeah. Um, although there, you know, there's been injury issues there. Um, the power play, power play uh, has to be better for a long playoff run. Can you add a a playoff specialist? Can you add a Marcus Johansson? Can you add a Thomas Vanek? Uh, how how expensive is that going to be? Uh, defense, obviously, uh, Christian. <laughs> Poland's not going to not going to do it. Um, you, you need some some help, and whether that's uh, um, like you said, we 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 mentioned uh, Shane Goss's beer, and we mentioned Shane Goss's beer only because um, he would be the the player that you could um, pry out of Philly. Uh, I, yeah. I saw on Twitter because somebody of, yeah. saying uh, Travis Sanheim. I love Tra- Travis San- Sanheim, and I've been talking about Travis Sanheim. I want to skate like Travis Sanheim when I grow up since he was in the Western <laughs> hockey league. Uh, but, but Travis Sanheim is not going in. Don't, don't it's a, it's, it's delusionary to think he's going anywhere. The flyers love him. Um, and he, he's not going anywhere. And the same applies to uh, with Anaheim. We know Mark Bergevin was, was on the lookout for Anaheim. Uh, I I think Hampus Lindholm would be your first target, but uh, they like him in Anaheim, and I think if you're going to get anyone there, uh, it's going to be a Cam Fowler. But again, what's what's the price going to be? So, um, yeah. are you going to be willing to pay those those prices, and would it be worth it? And is it better to to wait, to be patient, to exercise patience, and wait till? Um, you have a, a Ryan Paling graduate, and wait till you have a Nick Suzuki graduate. Um, but there's no uh, guarantee that they're going to be ready next year. Uh, yeah. There's no guarantee that 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 not only um, it's it's not only getting them in the lineup. It's it's if they're going to be at their prime for a long playoff run, and. And when do those guys mature and when is it too late for some of your other guys? Uh, one of the, the uh, reasons, one of the, the, the uh, justifications for wanting to go for it right now are 
that you have um, Carey Price, who's having uh, a sensational season. Carey Price is 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 in his prime. Uh, Shea Weber, uh, sensational since he's come back. Both of those are key would be key pieces. And how long can they keep doing that? Also, you have five players on the Canadians lineup who are on pace to set personal bests. Um, Max Domi, Jonathan Drouin, Philip Deneau, Thomas Tatar, Jeff Petrie, all five of those guys are on pace right now to, to have the, the, the best uh, season of their careers. So, uh, you know, then you start turning the other way. Well, maybe it is uh, time to go ahead and, and uh, give up, um, um, you know, some, some pieces, uh, whether it's draft picks, whether it's, whether it's a prospect or two, whether it's a, 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 a meta, um, you know, off of your lineup to uh, in order to take a run at things. It's a real calculated, uh, um, ever-changing, fluid kind of situation, uh, a difficult yeah. decision. And that's why only very few uh, general managers are, are skilled enough to be able to, to, um, make that calculation and then add, add the specific pieces that they need. Yeah. And I think we're going to get a better idea of what the team is, uh, tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think that this is going to be a, a real test and a, and a real measuring stick kind of a game where, you know, if maybe things go the way of the Montreal Canadiens tonight, maybe you're a little bit more comfortable because as I said, if the playoffs started today, you're going to be playing the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round. And uh, this is a game for second place in the Atlantic division. So, you know, maybe if they can pull this one out too, after a convincing win over the Winnipeg jets, maybe this is uh maybe this is the time to do it. So we'll have to see if, uh, if they're capable of pulling off back to back games like that. Break. And when we come back, we're going to get to your responses. We had our say, so let's have, let's have yours. Let's see what you guys have to say about this. Should the Montreal Canadiens, uh, after that fall, after that impressive win over the Winnipeg Jets, should they be considered contenders, or shall they keep going down the road of a rebuild? And we'll get all of that after this. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. 
we can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. back here on the Canadian Connection podcast. We just discussed whether or not the Montreal Canadiens should go for it this season or wait a little while longer, wait for some of their prospects. And that was the question of the week. Following Montreal's impressive win over the Jets, should the Habs now be considered contenders? And we posed the question in our question of the week to you online, on Twitter, on Facebook, and, and you guys have been reaching out. This has gotten a lot of, of uh, nice responses. We have Blaine from the Habs Unfiltered podcast. Contenders, no, but maybe a dark horse if everyone is healthy and playing at their optimum level. They could surprise a team or two, but despite the hardworking side depth, it lacks a couple of key pieces. So kind of the uh, an extension of the conversation we were just having there. Uh, La Cadienne, it's a process. They're still ahead, they're ahead, but still playoffs run for sure. Two players and some more experience away from being contenders, but we never know. Parity reigns supreme in this league. And uh, we have Chris G., at Chris Habs 360, I don't think the Habs should be considered contenders, but they have been impressive. And, uh, yeah, we've just gotten a lot of – he's gotten some responses there. It's hockey. This is Daniel Corbin. Anything can happen. I mean, they rolled over Winnipeg pretty easy. Nobody saw that coming. And then you have uh, Croat uh, – my goodness. <laughs> at 94 power load. Let's go with that. If they continue to play this way, grit, speed, stay out of the box, and get that power play going, I don't see why not. If if Byron and Shaw return from injury, they may surprise many as already have. And, uh, yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, this team hasn't been healthy for a, a very long time this season. They've, they've had pieces in and out of the lineup. So maybe at full strength, that would be a, a little bit of a, a fix for the fourth line once you get Paul Byron and Andrew Shaw back in. Plus you have Armia. That, that, could, that could change some, some things anyways. And then you have uh, T.W. Potts saying, make the playoff, make the dance means the team is a contender. It would be a shock for them to win two or more rounds, but the way they play gives them as good a chance as anyone. So we kind of have uh, rather, you know, uh, I, I guess there are some people that are being a little bit uh, cautious about this, but generally it seems that people are believers now in the Montreal Canadiens. How does Facebook see this? Well, I just, I just want to reference a, a comment on Twitter first, and that's from our yeah. good friend uh, and regular listener, La Canadienne. Uh, he's a great follower. You should look. Uh, yeah. Uh, our 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 followers should look him up. Um, yeah, La Canadienne. Let me see what his Twitter is at d i underscore n i twenty one. He says uh, retooling, rebuilding, rejigging, funny stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> rejigging. Yes, it's my own word. Um, 
on Facebook and to join the conversation on Facebook, uh, just look for all Habs uh, and uh, search for all Habs, all one word on, uh, on Facebook. And you'll find the uh, all Habs fan page on Facebook. Also remember um, you can text us five, eight, five, three rocket anytime. Um, Kevin Bernard says, hell yeah, I think we are contenders. Um, uh, Art Pollard, uh, Art, another uh, regular listener and uh, commenter, particularly on Facebook. Um, Art Pollard says with uh, just yes, yes, period, of course. Um, <laughs> Wayne McRae says, um, and Wayne's down in the uh, Caribbean, uh, says um, anyone that makes the playoffs can be sit- considered a contender but I'm not betting a life savings on them. Um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, the, the Los Angeles Kings, notwithstanding um, it does kind of matter where you enter the, you know, the, the, the bottom seeds as, as many says, uh, get into the playoffs and you have a chance. Yeah, you do have a chance, but um, history has, has, hasn't been very kind to uh, those that uh, enter the playoffs as a bottom seed. Uh, yeah. As I said, Los Angeles Kings notwithstanding, uh, there are uh, exceptions to that rule. Um, but listen, um, we we still want to hear from you. Whether it's yeah, uh, tweet us. Um, um, my handle is all Habs uh, at our our Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, Twitter is Habs Connection. Uh, you have Joe Whalen nineteen. You can go on Facebook. And uh, yeah. find us there. I told you how to do that. You can text us five eight five three rocket. Um, go to our YouTube and watch uh, our exclusive um, uh, interviews on YouTube. Look for all Habs there. Comment there as well. Uh, we're always yeah. happy to uh, interact with each and every one of you. Yeah, we love to hear from you. We love to hear your opinions. Love to hear your thoughts and incorporate them into the podcast. That's why. We throw out the, uh, the call and text options if you guys would like to do that. So, uh, yeah, do all the things that he just said because they're all great. They're, <laughs> they're all great stuff to do. They're, they're watch the ex- exclusive content on the YouTube channel. And, uh, of course, hit subscribe, hit, uh, to, uh, follow on, on Twitter and subscribe and, and like on Facebook and all that fun stuff. So um, shall we do some bad tweets before we wrap this thing up? Why not? All right. Finish off strong. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on the Canadian's Connection. I guess finish off bad. I guess that would probably work a little bit better. But anyways, uh, <laughs> so yes, of course, with this week, the way that it went, it was it, it was primed for some exaggeration or, or, you know, maybe a little bit too much of a, you know, of a positive response. And that could lead some to go just a little bit too far. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to um mention a good tweet. Um yeah. just to fit in um Anna Lemure who um she's always she's always has uh, is able to to say things very clearly and succinctly. Uh A Lemure 26 is her Twitter. Uh she on today's news she says Shaw is back, Weiss is back, Schlemko's gone, Fraze is gone, Alsner on waivers again. What a beauty day. Um, <laughs> that's, that's very simple. Um, you know, some players have bad weeks and, and some 
uh, on Twitter have bad weeks. I would say it was a, a bad week for Abstrix. He he had plenty of bad tweets that that um, uh, we could choose from, but this one is uh, um, Jonathan Druan has has had two solid complete games back to back. Unfortunately. Uh, with his work ethic, um, those those games have been very very few and far between uh, this season, as we've spoken about many times. Mm-hmm. Um, Habstrick says, if you're expecting more from Duran than we've seen uh, recently, perhaps it's time to adjust the expectations. Even Wayne Gretzky had his faults. Perfection is very rare. <laughs> well, I just. Uh, yeah, um, we're going to uh, compare Jonathan Drouin, who isn't even the best player on his team, uh, to uh, Wayne Gretzky, uh, you know, arguably the best player in NHL history. Um, it, it just one of the the dumbest tweets this week. Um, it and 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 you're not going to uh, uh, fault Wayne Gretzky for his uh, work ethic. Uh, which is which is um, really uh, w- what we saw from Jonathan Duran this week. I, I guess frustrates us more uh, because yeah. we can see that he's he's capable of playing <laughs> defense. He's capable of of uh, turning it up offensively. He just decides not to a good portion of the time. So it was really nice to see in back to back games. It was great. Want to see that? Uh, Want to see a player who does that? Puts out yeah. the effort every single game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's great to see that Brendan Gallagher. We saw earlier this season Andrew Shaw bring a little bit of that as well. To uh, you know, he really got on Jonathan Duran a little bit for uh, you know, and wanted him to work a little bit harder. And now Brendan Gallagher is in there winning battles and and making the, made the nice pass to Duran to get the game evened up in that game against Winnipeg. So he's been doing a lot of work as well. And and Philip Deneau can't can't discount Philip Deneau either. We could have had many winners of the week this week. We uh, could Philip have. Was, that was, uh, Philip Deneau yeah. was great this week. It's, you know, and, and that's maybe what's the most encouraging is that, I mean, relatively uh, relatively speaking, this, this season we've we've seen the Montreal centers play very well. I mean, for the most part. I mean, Deneau's had his rough moments, but he's rounded into form. And he's on, as you, you he was one of the guys that was on, on pace to set a new career high have a, have a career season and and you know Max Domi had a had a good start and he's kind of tailed off a little bit but I mean when other guys are playing well you can you can afford to have a guy that maybe isn't where he was earlier this season but you know that's to be expected everyone goes to highs and lows and uh, I'm I'm sure at some point he'll be back in, into the other side of it but yeah coach Kenyemi as well as you mentioned was your winner of the week so yeah, there could have been a lot of winners of the week this week, and uh, and yeah, it was <laughs> it was pretty good. So happy Canada Day to all our uh, cap- happy hockey day oh in Canada yeah. uh, day to all of our listeners. I wish it was um, July. My goodness. Yeah, um, <laughs> happy birthday to uh, Christian Folin, uh, who turns twenty eight today. Thanks uh, really? to Dan Rob to Dan Robinson for that a nice birthday present for him coming to the yeah. Montreal Canadiens organization and uh, have a great hockey day to all of our listeners. Be sure to engage us uh, and don't forget, don't forget that we we have this live podcast every uh, as I mentioned earlier every Saturday afternoon. You can get us on demand anytime, but you also can get 
three other podcasts. There's from the yeah. press box that I participate with Amy Johnson, and we talk about uh, all things AHL and, and the Laval Rocket. Um, there's Have a Listen with uh, Lewis and Gibby and, and sometimes Lizzie. Uh, there's Habs Unfiltered with Matt and Blaine and Treg, who's, who's uh, off serving um, on a, a naval ship for the uh, uh, Canadian Forces. Uh, all of those podcasts are available to you. Uh, go to allhabs.net. That's, that's, you can find them there all the time. But if you're on the go and you need a, a, an app to find them, check out any of your, your uh, podcast apps, um, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, any of those will, will uh, do. And uh, just uh, uh, search for Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Radio is what you want to look for, and you'll get access to all for podcasts yeah the rocket sports family of podcasts and as you mentioned you're on with amy johnson for from the press box have habs unfiltered and have a listen all great listens if you uh if you're looking for that you can follow it as mentioned as rick mentioned on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and yeah so uh i hope you guys all enjoy the game tonight it's going to be a great saturday night classic Habs leafs game hockey night in canada does not get any better than that so you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Joela19, Rick at All Habs. You can follow the podcast Twitter account at Habs Connection. And uh, yeah, so we'll see you right back here next week. It's 1 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 Newfoundland time. Enjoy the game tonight, and we will talk to you then. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.